a playlist original. Dior Clark is a talented multi-hyphenate actor, director, writer, making a name for himself in film and theatre. And I had the pleasure of chatting to him about his upcoming coming-of-age play Passion Fruit, which stemmed from his short film Batty Boy and draws on his own experience of growing up as a gay British Jamaican man on a North London estate. Hello. So let's kick things off. Please, can you introduce yourself and give your pronouns? Uh, my name's Dior Clark. I'm a actor, writer and director. And my pronouns are him and he. Can you sum up Passion Fruit for me? Okay, so Passion Fruit is a play that I have been dramaturging for about two years now with a amazing drama called Stephanie Martin. We met years ago in a bar, fell in love there, and it's been our longest relationship. But no, that's where I met her. She was performing there. She reached out to me on Twitter because I wrote a short film called Batty Boy in 2018, which was a 10 minute short film of Sky Arts and Creative England, which was like a 10 minute kind of insight into my coming out experience from a British Caribbean perspective. And once Steph saw that film, she reached out to me and she was like, we've got to do some sort of play that explores this in a much deeper way. It was an amazing opportunity and I'm so grateful for it. If anyone's listening, go check it out. You can watch it on Sky and Demand and on YouTube. But 10 minutes just wasn't enough for us. I just felt like there was so much more of the story to tell. So it's not necessarily a continuation, but it's just a more of a deeper exploration of the different themes from sexuality to domestic violence to gang violence and exploring the struggles of sexualities and lives within the black gay community just a story that I don't really think that we see all the time you know and within it as well I know it's a very like heavy subject but there's a lot of love in there there's a lot of passion and there's a lot of fun and I suppose that's just life really. That's wonderful and how much of the play was informed by your own experiences? A lot of it but a lot of it isn't as well because you know we want to dramatise it and I'm acting in it as well and I think as an artist it's really sometimes very healthy to kind of step away from making it so personal and allowing it to then also be more universal as well you know I think passion fruit is a story that you can not only you will just relate to your black gay boy we said one of our slogans in passion fruit is it's not a coming out story it's a love story a self-love story and that's the universal message as you say the play's message is that only self-love and self-acceptance yeah. save us what was your own journey towards finding that like it began with drama school when i first got into drama school before that i was still as we call it in the closet and i went to this building where all these people were like be yourself walk around be custard be jelly <laughs> it was all the things of them embracing you to be you but in a creative way and i wasn't used to that I was used to coming from a world where you know toxic masculinity existed within my culture being gay wasn't an option and I finally found a place where they were like you can be you and when I realized that there was a world out there that existed I realized that's the kind of world I want to surround myself with and the kind of people I want to surround myself with and if you didn't make me feel like that then you could basically get lost <laughs> and I'm still on a journey to self-love I think self-love is a thing that it never ends there's no exact destination and we're always going to be on that kind of journey and I feel like this is my love letter to the world of people to get onto that journey that's how I kind of see passion through what do you hope the audience takes away from the show I just hope by the end of it that everyone's sitting in that audience no matter what they've gone through in life because like I said it's not just about sexuality whether it's career problems love life any insecurities they have 
if they have dreams or things they want to do in life, they leave just feeling like, do you know what? No matter what I've gone through, all my flaws, it builds me to who I am. And I can keep going. I can get up every morning. I can make it. And I can, and I do love myself. And even if I don't love myself, I know that no one in the world can ever love me as much as I can love myself. And it sounds so cliche, but it's so true. And if we could actually get that message into us as people, when we're going through the worst times, we'd actually be okay. <laughs> because we would be our rocks. And we need that. Especially all that's gone on in the world recently. When I think about the queer stories that have impacted me the most, they're always coming of age stories like yours. Why do you yeah. think coming of age stories are so crucial? I think coming of age stories are so crucial because the whole arc of our lives, from childhood to teenager to adulthood to whatever, wherever we're at in life anyway, each different section is so significant. And we go through such different experiences and building blocks through each time that shape us as a person. So I think when you get to watch the coming of age journey, in each part of the chapter, you, you relate in a way, if that makes sense. You get to see the roller coaster, the whole arc, and you leave feeling like you gain something from it and you saw the journey and you know that person. So I think that that's why, if done right, they're very impactful. And I also think what I've tried to, what we've tried to do with Passion Fruit, me and Steph as well, is I don't want it to be something that everyone comes and it's so indulgent and it's like my life and it's me and it's me because that's boring. I want it to be this story is being told for a reason and this story is for the audience. I'm not doing it for myself. I'm doing it for the audience. And I think we started rehearsal yesterday and that's the mentality that I've gone in there with as an actor that I'm doing it for everyone else, not for myself, because I don't think that's what art should be about, to be honest. That's so lovely. As you mentioned, your short film, Battle Boy, is also about Black gay culture. What did you learn from making that film? Because obviously a lot of it has fed into this play. I just think that was a short course straight into filmmaking, and which was amazing, because, you know, a lot of people, they go to university and they study, whereas Creative England was a program, it's called Short Flicks, check it out if you're listening, it's an amazing program where they look for writers, directors that have no experience at all, and they basically give them a boot camp into filmmaking, and by the end of it, five films get greenlit and each get funded £10,000. So what did I learn from it? I know how to make a film now. <laughs> if you give me some money, if anyone listening, Give me some money. I would know exactly what to do to make a film. And also I learned as an artist before that, I just used to see myself as an actor. And that made me realize that I can write, I can direct, and I can create my own opportunities as well. And I can tell really important stories that have an impact on people and that I have a voice. And I'm not always gonna tell gay black stories, no, but it's part of who I am. And you know, maybe that's what I meant to do in the beginning of my career. And then eventually I wanna tell more stories from other communities and other voices that are underrepresented. And are there any other areas that you want to work in as someone who is a multi-hyphenate? I want to do it all. I want to dance. I want to, no, I mean, um, <laughs> acting my baby. I love it. I just think I do want to act, of course. I want to write more. I want to create more stories. I want to direct. And I think that's my field. That's where I'm staying at, at the moment. That's just where my heart is. My heart's within using my body to just bring characters alive, bring people like you alive, like you people are who I'm interested in. How do they think? What do they want? just to really get inside and be able to use myself to tell your stories or bring them alive that just sparks me as a person and intersectionality is obviously vital and you explore race and class and sexuality yeah. in a lot of your work how do you feel that these areas all feed into one another when you're writing or acting or directing I just think it's such 
such a big thing. And you know what's so funny? Steph's the one, by the way, big up Steph. She's the one that brought that word to my attention. And I, I didn't actually realise that it was something that I went through as a person. I realised that I have gone through struggles, number one, being a black male, with all that's going on in the world. And then on top of that, from my own community, a community that faces a lot of discrimination, they then discriminate against myself for being a gay male. And then we've got the whole working class thing as well, you know? So I'm just all the, I'm all the, I'm just all the, I'm all of them in one and it was just a mind blow like yeah this is something that a lot of us face in different ways not just me that's just my different strands of it so I just think it feeds into my work a lot a lot of the characters you'll see even in if you was coming to watch the play you know my mother who's a single working class black female you've got characters from school life teachers and just people within my world that all kind of fit into that and I just think that it's so important that these people get light shined on them but not necessarily in a way of we're always showing the struggle but we get to see the beauty the diamonds in the rough and I love those people and I, I think a lot of my things start from characters and then the stories come that that's what's driven in it. So it feeds into all my work. And um, what sort of challenges have you faced as a Black LGBTQ plus creative? I would say I've been kind of lucky in the creative world. There is sometimes I do think though, if I never came out, would I have been casted in more straight roles? Have I put myself in a box sometimes to only ever play the gay black character? However, I'm grateful for all the opportunities that I have had and, you know, being able to go to drama school. I've got another short film coming out called Baby Boy that I'm going to be in. So, you know, I have had great things, but there are sometimes I'm like, would I be further? In life, once again, I've been lucky in the sense of coming from a family that once I did come out, accepted me with open arms. I know a lot of people that's that that's not their narrative but then within that you know I did grow up hearing a lot of homophobic slurs I did grow up being the bully being the toxic masculine boy just to defend myself because I was scared that I would get hurt yeah I have been through a lot but there was always something inside of me that no matter what challenges I faced and what cards were set out I knew where I was heading and I knew what I wanted to be and unlike a lot of the boys from my community gay black guys as well as black straight males that come from working class backgrounds. I just always saw outside the box and a lot of them get stuck in that box and they can get locked into the system. A lot of things can happen and I think I'm very strong <laughs> and I've got a very strong mind. And if I set my mind to something, I'm going to go for it. And I'm grateful to have an amazing mother as well that was in the background pushing. Honestly, everything I'm basically saying to you now is all in the play. It's all in the play. <laughs> I just wish that me being me, it can just be an example for all of these people that no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, no matter what you've been through, if you want to achieve something, go out there and get it and nothing can stop you. There's honestly no excuses. There's none. I am their love letter. I want to be their love letter. I want to be their motivational letter. And an example that we can do it despite who we are. And you did the National Youth Theatre's Playing Up course, which tends to help. Yeah. You missed out on education qualifications. And you said that it helped you see that there was room in the industry for everyone, regardless of class, race or sexuality. Do you think opportunities like that are vital for diversifying what often feels like a very straight, white, middle and upper class industry? I think it's so vital. Playing up was after drama school. Well, after I got a foundation at a drama school, I walked in and it was a company of people that looked like me. And not even just looked like me because there was white working class people there. There was black 
there was Asian, there was all different ethnicities and there was a real kind of buzz in the room and gratefulness to be there and passion and seeing people get up and perform and using the same kind of creativity that where you're coming from and it was empowering. That's the only way I can explain it, it was very empowering and so many of those people even up today, I'm still in contact, Melina Nanda, who's directing oh, Passion yes. Crew, we done playing up together. That's amazing. So, you know, it, it does create those opportunities for us to realise that, to just see ourselves in those positions. You know, Melina, she always talks about she's Iranian and she doesn't see any of the Iranian female directors and actors on TV a lot of the times, but she's out there. And the reason she's out there still going is because of, I suppose, opportunities like that that she also had and got to realise her potential. So I think it's so important that these, what would we call them, institutions and outlets do create those opportunities and honestly when I went to playing up it was a free program as well and if I never got offered a free program where I didn't have to fork out money I wouldn't have been there I wouldn't have done it because I couldn't afford it so I think so much a lot of these opportunities it's not even just down to race diversity isn't black and white I think so much we think diversity is black and white but it comes down to a lot of the time class and money and opportunities and we're not all born rich unfortunately Darn you, mum and dad. No, I'm joking, mum. <laughs> so just having those opportunities, we all need. Even like, it sounds so silly, but I remember doing my, was it A-levels? And I didn't even know that you could um, use a student loan to go drama school. <laughs> but just being around a drama teacher that was feeding me that knowledge allowed me to realise, oh, drama school is an opportunity for me. Whereas a lot of people from the world I come from, I suppose they're going through so much and facing so many different things that a lot of them don't even make it to the end of school <laughs> to be able to get to bed that knowledge that that is an opportunity for them. The thing actually my dad used to say to me, knowledge is power, education is power. And it's about spreading the knowledge and spreading the education to those that can benefit from it. I'm worried about sort of what it's going to be like after COVID and all the kids who haven't been able to experience all these things in education yes it, it, yeah it's very hard you know like even my little sister she like didn't even do her GCSEs you know and yeah. like, a lot of people didn't get to do their GCSEs but then they still got into college it's been a weird bubble for a lot of people hasn't it we have and you've just finished filming The Puppy Show's Boys, which also explores masculinity, as you were mentioning earlier. Did working on that... I love it. I'm like, how do you know all of this? <laughs> do you Did working on that show from stage to screen teach you anything about yourself or others or your craft, even? Yeah, it was amazing. Like, it was amazing because The Puppy Show, they're another amazing company. Boys, another amazing production which puts a group of boys on stage that you don't usually see, you know, like fame boys, coloured boys, and you're seeing us in a light that you never see us in, which is vulnerability, moving with each other, almost like different moments of what it means to be a boy, and a boy from the world we are from, and we had so much time just doing it as a stage show. So when we finally found out that we were doing it as a film, we was like, how is this is gonna work. <laughs> I remember saying in rehearsal, I hope it's not just us like prancing around on camera. But no, it was yeah, it was interesting. And I think we've created a beautiful visual piece with a strong message in it. And just like shows like Passion Through, um, no better time for a film like that to be seen at a time like this. So yeah, it was interesting. And to also remember that we're not doing a theater show. So how are we going to transition certain things into 
to make it more film. I think film is always so much less. You have to give so much less. And especially when Boys is such an expressive piece, it's, it was just about being okay that there's not a lot. I'm still like excited to see how it looks. So, yeah. <laughs> And Batty Boy is set against the backdrop of Dancehall while Passion Fruit explores the rave scene. Um, why do you think music is so important in shaping culture, be it black culture or queer culture? Oh, I mean, my background, Caribbean background, I'm Jamaican. My grandma, my grandparents are Jamaican and my mum and dad were born here, but my whole backdrop is Jamaican. So I grew up in a whole Jamaican culture. And Jamaican music, bashment, we call it, we call it dancehall music. There is reggae as well, but I would say it's more the bashment and dancehall, which is more the modern. Reggae is more old school. It's so homophobic. It's unreal. <laughs> it's so homophobic. Like, even now when you go to, like, commercial clubs or clubs that are more white mainstream that are playing dancehall music, I don't think the people actually know what they're saying. <laughs> we dance to it, though. Don't get, like, we dance to it because it's part of our culture. But I grew up always hearing things like bun down the chichi, which means the gay boy, shoot the batty boy in his head. Really crude things. I could say more rude things, but we'll keep it PG. And even when I started going and exploring, I would call it the urban gay scene where you see a lot of more black gay males within those clubs. The music that's being played is the, the same music and everyone's kind of dancing to it. But I feel like in those clubs they're dancing to it in more of a reclaiming it way more of an empowering way and I suppose it's because it's kind of still the music we grew up listening to as well as there is other music that isn't homophobic and that you know there's a scene in Batty Boy where they're in a gay club and the DJ makes an announcement and the song that he puts on is a really homophobic song and the crowd kind of like is dancing in liberation and like against it and I think that's why it's so important for me to incorporate music within that film because it's a big part of the culture and music in general is I think it just has an effect on everyone's culture but I do think if you're listening to Jamaican artists it's 2021 get with it man <laughs> like come on <laughs> that's how I see it sometimes it's like yeah I just feel like I don't understand how there can be so much hate towards something do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And sometimes I don't even think a lot of the people that are screaming the hate from these countries and stuff are doing it because they genuinely hate. I think it's done from fear or feeling like if they don't join what the majority is doing, they're going to be shunned. Hence why you still have a lot of people that like, we call them DL men, that are in the closet or that are still hiding, that never come out, that suppress it, that have internalized homophobia because they're just following I suppose what they think is going to keep them safe but I wasn't put on this earth to live a safe life you know <laughs> I'm not scared and if there's more people like myself it will help the young boys the young females it, it will help them and the more we realize that a lot of us are like yeah there is actually a lot of us do you know what I mean and we don't have to hide sorry sometimes I go off on a tangent I'm just so oh, passionate I'm so passionate for it about this stuff. <laughs> yeah. I ask all my guests this because it's something I think about a lot. Do you think your own youth would have been any different if you'd seen more LGBTQ plus representation in culture? 100%. 100%. It would have been so different. Like, for a long time, I grew up thinking I was the only gay boy, which was just like, okay, no, you're not. Then when I finally realised there was more, I thought I was the only gay black boy. <laughs> I was like, like, I honestly didn't <laughs> think it existed. I was like, where are you? <laughs> And I remember going even to a club called Heaven 
for the first time and walking in and being like, oh, there's quite gay, pe- few gay people. So few black gay boys, but not a lot. And I just thought, where are all of you? Then I stumbled across the clubs like you see in Batty, but I'm like, oh my God, there's so many of you. <laughs> Leave me alone, I can't stand you lot now. No. <laughs> but yeah, and I just think if we saw more representations in a positive way as well on TV, then yeah, we just would have felt like we would have just known that we weren't alone and that it's okay. It wouldn't have been seen as something, oh my God, look, there's two men kissing on TV or, you know? And I remember the other day I came out of work and there's like a dentist near where I, like on my high road. And I went in there because I was just checking out like teeth whitening, um, so it's so random. <laughs> and <laughs> I saw a woman, it's a black lady, and she came up to me, she's like, I know your face, I know your face. And I was like, mm. and Batty Boy had just gone up on the internet then. And I was like, maybe you watched a short film of me. She's like, that's it, Batty Boy. She's like, Thank you so much. She's like, I watched it with my son. I think her son was 17 or something. And she's like, thank you so much, George. She's like, you know, my son came up to me after that and we need more of that. And for me, that really touched me because I could go on the internet now and you go into the YouTube comments and you can see so many ignorant people that are like, oh, still bind down the trip, baby boy, all this stuff, like being really immature about it. And you've got so many people that are there that are being saying lovely things. And for me, the people that I saw, like that woman, those are the people that I'm doing it for, you know? If it can have an impact on a mother, not only a, a son to feel that he can come out to his mum, and also who knows, maybe because she saw in the film as well, it shows my mother accepting me, yeah. which a lot of the time we don't see that narrative. It's always get out, go, um, you're homeless and stuff, you know? So maybe that might have triggered something in her to see, you know, a woman from that culture being like, do you know what? I'm going to embrace my son. So my thing is, if my art touches you in that way, it's doing its job. And also if it pisses you off, it's doing its job as well because it's making you feel something. And that's what art's meant to do. Definitely you need to see more representations. And even though I can't really talk on this yet, more stories where the narrative is not necessarily about the struggle, which I mean, a lot of my things do explore the struggle. (laughs) So I can't say that within that, I also like to show the love and the fun of it because there's always love and fun because there is a lot of that within our communities too. There's a lot of a lot of love. I think, if anything, that's what helps us get through all our struggles, the amount of love that's there too. And you mentioned sort of heaven and other gay venues, mm-hmm. but more and more LGBTQ plus venues are closing down. So why do you think gay bars and performance spaces like The Glory, where Passion Fruit will be performed, are so important to our community? Yeah, so important. It just gives people a safe space, a safe space to go out. I know we can go to calling them this straight clubs <laughs> but uh, I don't like saying it because it's like well it's clearly not a straight club if I'm in there but um you know it's basically what we call them but you know sometimes it's hard going to these places because you know you can go to these places and you can still experience homophobia I mean I was out the other day in a venue in King's Cross called Scala. An amazing club, everyone was amazing, but on the way out, I was with my partner and just had these two really immature boys call us a batty boy. I did retaliate. I always stick up for myself and then my partner was kind of like, you know what, leave it. But my point is we need these other spaces where we can go. We don't have to put up with that. You know, if you're not comfortable with yourself yet, you can meet community, you can meet friends, you can make friends. And especially places like The Glory, it's not just a clubbing outlet as well. It is a place where people drag artists can come and express their art 
platform we see performances and you know they're even doing theater plays and things like that so it's a whole creative outlet that is very important for our communities so so grateful that the glory is having us i actually wasn't even planning to do passion fruit for now but i did a reading which is a wind rush night at the glory for lgbtq people and did a section of it and one of the lovely guys that worked there was just like why didn't you just come do passion fruit hair for free that's not that sure we'll do it and i'm like oh my god we're dipping it yeah so it's very important that we have these spaces i was about to say i think no matter how many of these spaces they will close down we always find a way our community we always find a way i'm not frightened about that whether it's us marching on the streets of london to finding spaces to just come together as one and create opportunities and help each other i mean even during the pandemic and so much yeah you sort of moved online to do loads of activism and community and I do also think that we really need to move away from only our kind of communities being club culture because I feel like as a gay man like yeah the club culture was fun for a while and it was like go out you know I can meet guys and stuff a lot of it is about hooking up a lot of it is about sex a lot of it is about drugs and I think for young boys especially and not just young boys because you know I also talk for the lesbian females out there and all the other spectrum but for the youngsters that are going out and seeking these things that haven't got a family at home that have been kicked out that have been disowned sometimes clubbing drugs and sex isn't the answer for them you know and I think it's very important that we have other spaces where they can actually go and sit down and talk and meet other queer gay people and create bonds create family bonds create connections and networks for career paths and things like that and once they've got that part of their life secured then of all, by all means, I'm not going to be, you know, go out, party, have fun and do what you've got to do. But I just think it can sometimes become a toxic place for some people. Not everyone, but it's definitely something that I experienced myself when I was going through like a little rough stage of leaving home and seeking, I suppose, searching for love, <laughs> you know, all once again, all that's been passion through. I've been very vulnerable with this piece, you know, I've literally laid my heart out on a piece of paper and I think people would appreciate it. We need to talk about those things as well because that's how we elevate as a community. Definitely. And which other queer creators and stories do you take inspiration from? Oh, I love Pose. Um, beautiful. For me as well, it was really open. You know, I didn't really know much about the trans community. It was also a community that I openly can say as well. You know, I have been to a lot of gay clubs and I do think that even within the LGBTQ community, there can be quite a separation. You know, I think people can be horrible. They can discriminate again, you know, within another community that's discriminated. And I used to always kind of be like, why? What for? So I'm so happy a program like Pose came out and shed a light on that community, how much they done for our community and the struggle that they faced you know they were getting thrown out of actual gay bars because the gay people were scared that they were gonna basically make it harder for them and i think the best programs are the programs that make you laugh one minute you're laughing then you're crying and then you're scared and then you're laughing again and it just it just gave me all of that loved pose trying to think of anything else i like i did love moonlight yeah. i loved it but i just wanted a bit more but i think the kind of style of my writing is really in your face really gritty so that's not moonlight <laughs> <laughs> like done in a beautiful way what else did I love oh and I loved one of the ones I do remember as well when it first came out was Cucumber so good yeah, yeah it's so good so there's work out there that I do look up to but pose 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 I was so <sighs> excited when MJ Rodriguez got her Emmy nomination yeah 
and it was just the best thing ever. <laughs> and her mum's reaction, the video of her mum's reaction, you should watch it if you haven't seen it, because it's just lovely. Yeah, no, it just it just touches you. And even that post shows me, you know, that all those actors in there as well, you know, that are all actual transgender people, they must have had it hard in their careers as actors, you know. They most probably was waiting, I'm not sure, I don't want to speak, but waiting so long to finally get a role where they could go in and actually represent themselves. So even Dior, who sat here at 24, I'm joking, I'm 26, um, <laughs> but I'm reclaiming two years after the fence. I'm doing the same, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, but at my age, that feels like I want to be further and am I going to make it? And yes, I will. And when it's your time, it's your time. And yeah. when it's your story that you're meant to tell and you're meant to bring alive as an artist, it will happen and Pose is a beautiful, even Billy Porter, what he recently came out and, you know, speaking about him being a male that's HIV positive, which is another thing that's not spoken about in our community that people are very uneducated about. A lot of people don't know that you can live with HIV and be undetectable and not pass on the virus. And also this is more education for a lot of people listening that people dating people that have HIV, after a few years, the other person never contracted the virus, but the three people that did within those couples were actually the people that went out there and was disloyal because you're more likely to catch it, you know, having unprotected sex with people that don't know they have the virus, but people are living healthy on medication. And it's very brave for even artists like Billy Porter to come out and speak about that. And his, his speech was so emotional because he was saying through when, you know, AIDS was at its worst and he was seeing so many people dying and things like that. He'd never understood why he survived at a time where the medication wasn't working and things, but he says he survived because of Pose and who I couldn't think of anyone better to play his character. He just was amazing acting. <laughs> and as a creator inspiring others yourself, do you have any advice for aspiring black queer creators? My advice for black queer creatives is be unapologetically you. Honestly, I just realised what makes you special is you. Don't try and be nothing else. Also, when I say that, it's not even going in there and going and playing this. Don't think you have to go in there and be gay and be queer and be the stereotype. If that's you, by all means, that's you. But just really tap into who you are because you're more than just queer. That's not all you are. It's a part of you. So tap into all the different parts of you and fill your art with that. And just for Black creators in general as well, I would give them the same advice. You know, your race doesn't define you. Your sexuality doesn't define you. You define you. And you is deeper than the skin or wherever you are. And don't feel that you have to stay in a box. Like, by all means, yes, I am a gay actor, gay black actor, but I can play anything. And I can play straight girls better than straight men. So watch out, all you straight men in Hollywood. I'm coming for your roles, yeah? I'm going to be the female gays. I love that. I mean, they can, I mean we, a lot of us, we play, we were in the closet for years, so we can play straight men, you know? And, and it's about time we start winning Oscars, like they win Oscars for playing us. Yeah. You know, gay roles. You know, we can do it all. But within that, I think so many times, I used to like hold myself back because I used to get into like a mind frame of, oh, I don't want to play the gay boy all the time. No, like I don't want to do that. And then I'm closing myself from so many opportunities so many representations like what we spoke about that need to be there so don't shy away from them but also know that when you do do them 
you're gonna have to come 10 times harder it's just the reality to show that you can do other things so be ready for that and never give up on that and much of your work has been very collaborative and as you say with this new play you've been working with Stephanie Martin and Trauma Theatre Company how important is it for you that the people you collaborate with understand the importance of representation and perhaps are LGBTQ plus themselves so important I think why would you even want to be part of a project that you don't nothing about anyone as a creative whatever you are it's you're producing whether you're directing whether you're writing whatever it is you need to educate yourself about whatever story you're telling so you do the story justice and you tell it right and the representations are right and you know Steph's amazing like we just click so different but we're so the same I literally like I said I remember I met her at a bar and she was at the time she was acting in a play called Midsummer's Midsummer's Night Stream and we just kicked it off I used to talk her drinks all the time and she just really gets it she really respects it and she cares and I think it's so important and I don't necessarily think I know that a lot of people will always say oh you need to be this person to tell the story or only gay people should act gay roles and if that's the case then I'll never get to act a straight role no we can't be like that I think what it should be is fair representation and a good understanding and always having someone there that is part of that world educating you along the way and that's really important right. you can all learn can't we absolutely I think one of the problems with having people who don't understand the community working on projects is the resulting tropes and stereotypes that we end up with. Yeah. Um, which trope or stereotype in LGBTQ plus culture most annoys you? Mm, I'm going to talk from my perspective, like gay male, like the hairdresser, the yes, honey, yes, like, and don't get it twisted. Like when I'm with my friends, we'll be like, yes, and we'll do all of that. But it's, like I said, we're more than that. And I think for for me, I grew up in Hornsey. I grew up in North London, but you know, my family grew up in areas like Tottenham. My brothers were, well, my brother at the time, thank God, not anymore. And you know, he's on a different path, but was caught up in a lot of gang culture. And I came from that kind of world. And I think so many times we just don't see those real characters. So when I was watching films like Kid Outhood or yeah, those kind of films, or even Top Boy, you know, all the boys we do see, I'm just thinking, okay, I see all of you lot, but I was on the estate too. I was, you know, where are we? So I want to just see more realness, real characters. And not everyone like me, but just real characters are not always the stereotypes like you know I don't think I'm the stereotypical hood boy but I grew up in that area you know I've got a friend this is even going on beyond LGBT I've got a friend older than me black female who was on the estate too but still got her A-levels, went to university and is working as a social worker now. Do you know what I mean? We were there too. We don't need the stereotypes because a lot of the times the stereotypes exist, but the stereotypes are not the majority. That's what pisses me off. We don't need to always see the jumping around hairdresser. <laughs> and sometimes we do because they exist. But if you're going to have that, have the rest. That's basically how I'm trying to say it. And people will relate to it more. And now it's time for my quick fire round. So answer the first okay. one that comes to mind. Favourite LGBTQ plus TV show? Pose. Favourite LGBTQ plus comedian? Um, really hard. Sorry, sorry. That's really hard. Queen of Tifa? I don't know. She's good. I'm mostly, yeah. She's, yeah, she's funny. Favourite LGBTQ plus musician? Oh, okay, too. Yeah. <laughs> I really love what Little Nas is doing right about now. Yeah. And I also like, not necessarily a musician, but he does sing as well. His name's Jussie, Jussie Solid. He was in, I think I'm saying his name right from Empire. I love him. Favourite LGBTQ plus book? Oh, it's really hard. Um, you know, it's really hard. I can't actually think of any LGBTQ 
plus books. Is that bad? We need more. We just need more. That's what. We need more. Actually, do you know what? I might as well say there's one coming out very soon. It's a book, three different books. They're all going to be monologue books. LGBT plus. There's so many letters now books at Ricky Beadle Blair, um, Team Angelica. He basically formed, got 80 writers together and got us all to write speeches. And I've got two of my speeches that are going to be in there. So that's my favourite book because in drama school, I could never find speeches. So really putting that one out there. And that's one for us to all know about as well. So yeah. I love Ricky Beadle Blair. Legend. Favourite LGBTQ plus film? That's mm, say Moonlight. Moonlight, yeah, Moonlight. Definitely Moonlight. Favourite LGBTQ plus play or musical? My passion for it. <laughs> play or musical. Once again, it's quite sad I haven't seen a lot, but I heard amazing things. I forgot what it was called. It was about six men, about six of them, and it went on a while ago. What was it called? Once again, I feel like we need more of them. But... I don't know. Uh... Okay, let's say Kinky Boots then. Well, it's got an element. Also, I did Jamie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I've got yeah. a picture up on my wall with Jamie. I've seen it like nine times. I love it so much. Favourite LGBTQ plus artist? Artist. Um, um, do you not say bad? Like, I don't know any. I don't know any artists. Do you? <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm trying to think. I, don't know. I tend to go with Gluck. Um, yeah. Stuff, but... Oh, there was a good there was a good exhibition on at the Tate recently. That's gonna annoy me now. Sorry. It's so <laughs> so interesting when you think about that. Like I don't, don't oh, really know Nell the artist. Maholi, very good South African photographer, sort of visual artist. Yeah, would recommend looking into their work. And finally, what's next for you after Passion Fruit? What have we got coming up? After Passion Fruit, that is well, baby boy is gonna be I'm so excited there's a screening for it this month and then it's going to be doing festival runs and things like that. I've been in talks with someone else, another producer, that I'm going to be doing another short film, which I don't think I'm allowed to say yet, so I'm not going to say. <laughs> but it's another short film with someone that I've worked with before. And next steps, honestly, do the best at every audition that comes my way, because that's all you can do. And I have also, alongside the play of Passion Fruit, we've been developing a TV series, and that's the next step. That's what we want. And with Stephanie as well, that's our next step to Amazing. push the play. We're going to obviously push the play, the play, you know, three-day run, but it's got a future, you know. We want it to find its venue and have its long run. And then TV series, that's, I really want to push that. But of course, within my own work, obviously, I want to just be, you know, I want to be back in the road. I want... I want my big row, my row, and it's, it's coming though, and I have faith, and it's all about timing and patience, and I believe God is God is definitely with me, so yeah, but that's the plan. So look out for the TV series, guys. Yeah. Um, um, it has to be a TV series, it has to be. It sounds like it will be a really good TV series. Yeah, we've already written the pilot, so we're ready to go. We're going to be, I'm, I'm doing a Michaela Cole, you inspired me. Oh, we forgot Michaela Cole, love Michaela Cole. Um, and also Phoebe Waller-Bridge. They are, you know, just examples of people that they paved their way. You know, they created their opportunities and they put themselves on. And that's just basically my steps, you know. I've got to make it happen for myself, as well as building a team amongst me that helped me on my journey as well. What and else? even like... 
people like yourself, thank you so much for even having me on your podcast. It's been an absolute um, joy. But that's the thing. I that's what I want to do is further people's stories and be able to get you know more publicity yeah. for stories out there because it's an important story that needs to be told. So yeah um, yeah thank you well good luck with it all um i'm really excited i can't wait to see your name in lights one day <laughs> and yours too yours too thank you we'll be doing this we'll be doing this interview in a completely different setting yeah. we're gonna be like we're gonna that. have like velvet sofas we're yeah. gonna have like prosecco glasses yeah. <laughs> if that's got your juices flowing Passion Fruit will be running at the Glory on Kingsland Road in East London from the 26th to the 28th of September at 8pm. But be quick, because tickets are flying out the door. Head to the event page on outsavvy.com for more information. You can also find Dior's short film Batty Boy on the Million Youth Media YouTube page, and I highly recommend it.